Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Yeah, come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you, Boston, for my life. Back with another episode of the Causeway Street Podcast. The Celtics are on a seven-game winning streak. Sean, you've been on a roll. You said that they're going to win back-to-back weeks, and they did. Well, we need it. Well, we need it. Here we are, Celtics, seven-game winning streak. You got uh, the most in NBA, fellas. You got Kyrie Irving going off against John Wall Wednesday night. You got Robert Williams getting valuable minutes and coming through. And you got one hell of a Celtics team right now, hottest team in the NBA, putting up damn near 130 points throughout this stretch. And you have a light schedule ahead of you. So this streak could get really going soon. Because, you know, once you get to double-digit territory, that's when they really start talking about you. So uh, Celtics right now are rolling. And of course, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Jalen Brown and what he had to say to Jack McMullen. It's the talk of the town right now. His article on ESPN. Everybody's chatting Didn't play Wednesday night against the Wizards. <laughs> but uh, when he does come back, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds after that article. Because, let's face it, it's what everyone will be thinking when we see him. And then we also got Chris Grenham of SB Nation joining us. Uh, he'll actually join us in a couple of minutes here. But uh, first things first, um, I just have to give props to, to Sean because, man, I, I feel like I'm in the, the, the Griswolds crib right now, man. You got the, the, the Christmas oh, ornaments oh, yeah. out front. Yeah, you got the, you see the tree from the highway, bro. Hell yeah. Have you, uh, how, many, you. how many compliments have you, have you received from your neighbors? Uh, nah, man. They- <laughs> no, your neighbors suck, man. They're awful. For some reason, I haven't been by, dude. I don't know. I deck it out. And- no, they're like zombies, man. It was one thing with the Halloween thing, but like, man, first of all, no one has any decorations up. I will say. I and will say. like, I don't even see lights up. Nothing. Say, they, they started to half-ass it after I put my lights up. I will say that. They're like, they who motivated? Like, oh, who fucks this shit. new guy? Man, making us look bad. I used to be the one with the bushes lit up in my neighborhood. You're setting the example. That's what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, man. Yep. So changing, changing the culture of Chestnut Drive, man. Change the culture. I can't wait to see what Sean has to say about Jalen Brown, but we're going to try to hold him off as much as we yo, can. Real quick, yo. What was good with John Wall exaggerating as if his leg fell off on one of those drives? <laughs> and then he goes back in the game. Oh, and yeah. fucking, yo, I <laughs> thought it was bad right. when I saw so Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I saw Kyrie Irving, like, like rubbing his ankle, like, yo, you good, bro? Like, and like he's, and John Wall's banging the floor, and I'm just like, oh shit, maybe this, it was worse than what it, what it was. 
And 30 seconds later, he's back in the game. How about when, when Kyrie Irving went to the bench to check on him and he wouldn't even look at he him? He wouldn't even look at him. I'm like, yo, it's not Kyrie's fault, man. It was just a freak like, accident. Get out of here, man. Yeah. I'm going to get you in like 30 seconds. Kyrie Irving puts one in his eye. Like you couldn't have, you couldn't have gotten any closer to Kyrie Irving from the corner. I love fucking Six Scow, in Scow's, his eye. Scow's fucking reaction and to that. And then too. sinks another one right after that. Why? What does Scow, Scow do? Scow on the, on the broadcast is just like, it's a lot of, uh, Theatrics there for uh, Wall <laughs> yeah. to come back in literally less than a minute later. I don't understand. And Mike Orman was like, I totally agree. <laughs> After all the Fuck, com- I love it. I love it. Dude. After all the commotions. <laughs> That's John Wall, though, man. That's John Wall. <laughs> I think he, like after every yeah. drive, he was bitching about a foul. Like, yo, yeah. when's this dude gonna get teed up for fucking smacking his arm? Every well, time? it's easily his best performance of the season, so he was obviously feeling himself. He was just like, look, I'm gonna go back he, in there. He, I'm gonna save the day in overtime. Those dudes, those dudes play when they want to play. Did he yeah. just cut his hair? I don't. I don't know. Is that a fresh cut? I don't. I don't pay attention. To nah. No, it's been like that for a little while. A little while? Yeah. All right. I think well, around the time. Thought, you, you thought that was the, the, the fix that he needed? I think, I think around the time Dwight Howard got in the news, he decided to. Oh, know. I know I know what Sean's saying. Sean's yeah. saying that that's what he needed, yeah. that that's how you uh, get out of your funk. No, I mean, he yeah. still puts up his points. It just The team just sucks. <laughs> that's bottom line. But uh, speaking of the Wizards game, uh, Chris Grennan was actually in the building uh, covering the Celtics. And he joins us now, waiting patient on the phone line. Chris, uh, thank you for joining us. Chris Grennan. Of SB Nations, CelticsBlog.com, and CLNS Media. What's up, Grenham? What's going on? What's going on, guys? How are you? So, I know on TV, sometimes it can be a little deceiving, but it sounded like, it damn near sounded like a home game Wednesday night at, in DC. How accurate is that? I mean, I, I know there's obviously a lot of Celtics fans there. We saw the jerseys and everything, but like, did I, did I hear MVP chant at the end of that? Kyrie Irving yeah, play? Think about this. Imagine being John Wall, right? So you're in like, you're in a tough position anyway with the situation that's going on in DC and you play your best game of the season <laughs> at home and it ends with people chanting MVP for Kyrie Irving. Like how depressing is that? Yeah, if you're right. John Wall. Cause, cause like he was, he was really good. He, like he, he killed the Celtics for the last I want to say 10 minutes of that game. They had no one at the rim that could get him, that could stop him. He was just putting his head down and going north to south. But it was depressing as shit. If you were a Wizards fan, I was like, oh, <laughs> man. It was, there was so much. I mean, it was cool for the Celtics and stuff. There was a ton of fans, but it was, that's a pretty depressing place to play if you're, a home, if you're the Wizards, man. It's brutal. Especially the season they're having and they're like that one game oh, where they're actually looking like they're going to snap yeah, a winning streak. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was back to the crowd. It was really loud. There was a lot of green and there was a lot of let's go Celtics chants throughout the game. So Marcus Morris said it after the game. He was like, you know, it kind of happens in every city. Celtics fans do travel well. They're known for that, but it seemed like it was more so last night. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, because Brad Stevens mentioned it, and he was like, you know, all 30 cities, you know, across the league. I'm just like, uh, not quite like Wednesday night, though. Not like Washington. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen it like that. It was, it was pretty crazy. If you're a Wizards player, it's got to be kind of, kind of dark, man. Like you're, you're out there in front of your home crowd, and you're finally playing a decent game, and you got people chanting, "Let's go Celtics." I just kept putting myself in that, and kept putting myself in their shoes and getting really sad. It's like, shit, yeah, tra- trade me, please. Trade yeah, me. seriously, get me out of here. Yeah. Brad Beal just sitting at center court being like, get me out of this place. Sean Wall's like, I put up 40. Almost 41. <laughs> yeah. I can't even get yeah, it. Chant an MVP for someone yeah. else. 
like Baltimore in uh in late. It's like if the Sox play Baltimore in September and the Orioles are out of it, dude. It's just. Like, I said that to someone last night. It's like yeah, or when they play the Rays down at the Tropicana Field, it's right. the same thing. It's just like a home game, basically. You know what's funny though? Normally, normally you do hear like the home crowd like try to fight off the chance, like they'll try yeah. the Let's Go yeah. Wizards when the Celtics go crazy. No, nah, I didn't even hear that though. They, <laughs> not, not really. Like, it you was, know what? Let me go buy a Celtics it was, jersey. It was like you, you know. You know when like the the overhead guy starts chanting defense with the crowd to try and get the crowd going. When he did it in the first quarter, I think there was like six people chanting left, <laughs> like defense, and I don't think he ever did it again. He was just like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not going back to that." That's <laughs> He's like, "I was embarrassed last time I did it." Yeah, not worth it at all. Yes, maybe some, maybe they would have gotten ten people at that point. <laughs> no, I felt like I felt like that place erupted. All you, know, you can you can definitely hear all the Celtics fans in the building after after Kyrie's uh, not that not the one that not the not the corner one, but the one from the top of the key. Oh yeah, the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. second one. Like it, he, the crowd erupted. If you if you were like, do I hear some Celtics fans? You definitely heard. You some knew Celtics right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was like that was like the confirmation almost. Both those shots were ridiculous. The one in front of the bench was, as Brad Stevens put it, it was a joke. Like, he, he, there could, the Wizards couldn't have played better defense. I think it was John Wall that was on him, was yeah. right in his mug, and he just buried it. There's really, if you're the Wizards, there's nothing you can do about both of those. Obviously, we've got the Hawks coming up. We've got a couple of uh, uh, teams before they face the Bucks, which, in my opinion, I mean, we, we, we've been talking about it here on the podcast, that, you know, there's the Bucks and then there's the Sixers. So there's a lot of winnable games between early December and Christmas. But how how long do you think this win streak can go? I mean, the Celtics obviously uh, can stretch this thing out, you know, after the Hawks. But do, do you see it going past the Bucks? Can this team actually go as far as hit double digits here? What's your uh, what's your outlook on this uh, on this winning streak? I think it could definitely go double digits. I mean, they're at seven right now. They've got the Hawks on Friday, then they go to Detroit, and then they got Phoenix coming in. So that, you know, if everything goes as planned, that's three wins right there. So now you're at ten. The Bucks are probably the toughest team, in my opinion, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, you got them on the twenty first, then you got the Hornets, which is a win, and the Sixers on Christmas, and then you go you go to Houston right after that, which is tough, but of course, they haven't been as good as they everyone had planned on them being. So I think the Bucks is the real test. If you can get through them, I think the Celtics still. I like their matchup against the Sixers. I don't. I don't really trust Philadelphia solely because of their lack of shooting depth. Like they've got some good shooters at the surface with Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, but you get past them, you don't have to worry about Ben Simmons along the perimeter. It gets pretty shallow. So I think it could definitely go to double digits. It's just a question of how far it goes and. And I think that Bucks game that you pointed out is probably the key. If they get past that, I think they got a pretty good chance to to stretch this well into that double digit figure. All right, so so keep it on that winning streak talk. Um, you know, looking back, what two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, this team was under five hundred uh, or right at five hundred. Mm. They rack off seven straight. So, in your eyes, what has been the key? If you had to pick one thing, what has been the key to this uh, to this turnaround for the Celtics? Well, I, the starting lineup is obviously, uh, you know, the, the thing that everyone's talking about with Marcus Smart entering that lineup and Marcus Morris as well. Uh, he's just, he's such an energizer, smart, uh, and he just impacts everyone around him. So it kind of forces them to pick up their defensive intensity. But I like him playing as a primary ball handler. I say this a lot and it gets kind of repetitive, but like, Kyrie Irving is really good off the ball. It opens up a lot of flexibility for Brad Stevens to work in. 
some really solid sets for those two guys at the top. When you think Marcus Smart, you don't really think primary ball handler. You think like a like a crazy person on defense and a guy who just runs around like his head's been cut off. But he's nice. actually pretty good handling the ball, and Kyrie's worked really well off of it. I think also the second unit, of course, we've seen limited amounts of Jalen Brown and now Gordon Hayward now that he's sick. But when you get that full unit with him, Gordon Hayward, and Terry Rozier, that's a really damn good unit. Like, there's not any second unit that can compete with that. Um, and I think Gordon Hayward isn't pressing as much. And again, the same thing that goes with Smart and Irving, you allow Gordon Hayward to re- to act as that primary ball handler in the second unit. Terry Rozier can work off the ball, which he's been better in that role for his entire career. So I just think the flexibility of these new lineups, Brad Stevens has had an absolute field day with, and the players seem to be more comfortable within them. So until something goes wrong or someone gets hurt, I don't really see a need to change these lineups. I think that's really been the the spark is the is the rotation changes. Well, now that we've we've only seen a couple of games with where both Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward have come off the bench, hmm. but when Gordon got sick and Jalen Brown played a couple of games without Gordon Hayward in the lineup, we saw what Jalen Brown could do in limited playing time. Now that you know, we're, you know, we don't know when they'll both be back. They're both sick, whatever the case may be, but. Do you think they can both coexist, and is is one going to hurt the other in terms of like production? Does one need to be in the starting lineup, and one need to come off the bench for them to to both live up to their potential? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there could definitely be some conflicts there. I think that's what we saw some of in the starting lineup at the beginning of the year. Obviously, they weren't producing, and a lot of people were putting it on Brown and Hayward. I think Hayward was a very different player even a month ago. He's got, he doesn't have that explosion that he used to have yet, and that'll come. I don't think it's going to come until around the All-Star break, but he seems a lot more comfortable, and a lot of that might be because of who he's with in the second unit. You had Jalen Brown to that. They're not The two of them won't be forcing as much as they would in a starting lineup alongside Kyrie, so I think it frees up some availability for both of them, and I, I just think that the conflict that we saw with them in the starting lineup isn't going to be as forced in the second unit, which I think will allow them to just play off of one another. And again, if you go back to Gordon Hayward as that primary ball handler, you can have Jalen off the ball. And 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 Jalen, I think, in the last couple games, other than the ones that he's missed, like last night, he's been getting to the rim a lot more. He hasn't always been converting, but he is getting to the rim, which he didn't do early on when he played alongside Gordon Hayward. Earlier in the season, similar to Jalen, or, excuse me, similar to Jason Tatum, he was settling for these long twos and settling for three-pointers instead of putting the ball on the floor, even though he's not the greatest dribbler, and getting to the hoop. He can get to the hoop in one dribble. He's athletic enough to do that. So I think in the way they both adapted in the last month, it'll prevent them from really conflicting with one another, which should be should be ideal for the team. You know, Chris, Monday night against the Pelicans, we saw this small rift between Jalen Brown and a couple of teammates. Uh, one, yeah. one thing that we, we, we pointed out in the Garner Report on CLNS Media, and we, and we talked about it, you know, you know, for a while there. It seemed like no one else caught on to it. And then, you know, it, it was between Jalen Brown, uh, Terry Rozier, and there was another separate incident between uh, Jalen Brown and Marcus Moore. It seemed like there was some sort of miscommunication yeah. on, on, on a, a play call. The next day, Jackie McMullen's article comes out, or at least or I think it was the Wednesday, actually, the same day of uh, the Wizards game. And uh, Jalen Brown talks about how this has been the most difficult thing he's had to do throughout yeah. his NBA career. Sean, we'll let you get in there. Relax. We all know how you feel about Jalen Brown, but let's, let's see what Chris <laughs> says first. Um, what's your take on that? Do you feel like this is sort of that, this is sort of, 
a situation where if you magnify it, that Jalen Brown's going to be put in a tough spot here to deliver. And if he doesn't deliver, how is he going to respond to that? What was your initial response to his uh, conversation with Jack McMullen, to this article about him trying to prove himself that he's worthy to be a starter and that it means that much to him instead of uh, coming off the bench? Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm curious because we talked about this a lot in the preseason, um, you know, especially you and I on the Garden Report and stuff is how are these guys going to react like him and Terry Rozier? because they played major roles down the stretch last year. And of course, in the playoffs, we all watched them. They were starters and they thrived. Like Jalen Brown had 30 point games in the playoffs and now he's coming off the bench. So that's not an easy adjustment, but I think Terry Rozier in the last two weeks has really, whatever it may be, he's really changed his style of play, his mentality. I have no idea what it is, but he looks far more comfortable and his play is, is, you know, showing it's showing results. Jalen on the other hand, seems to still be, you know, not necessarily having trouble adapting, but he's he's struggling a little bit with that change in role. And that's understandable. <laughs> it's really, yeah, and it's really understandable. But um, how he responds is going to be interesting. You talked about him kind of having that little rift with first Marcus Morris and then Terry Rozier at the end of the first half on Monday night. He responded right away in the third quarter by getting the hoop, but then drawing, or I'm uh, sorry, getting called for three quick fouls. And then heading to the bench, he only played five minutes in that third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, he kind of woke up. He, I don't know how many points, probably like 14 points or something in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I think that, I thought that was a pretty good response, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch over the next like two to three weeks because I think, like I said before, at least for the next three weeks to a month, if you're Brad Stevens, you have to stay with these lineups, right? I mean, like it'd be ridiculous to go away from them right now. So, It'll be interesting to see if Jalen can get settled in there. I thought the Jackie McMullen piece was was really good. I mean, Jackie Mack's the best, but gave kind of an inside look at his struggles that a lot of people have pointed out. And to be fair, it's, he's being honest, and I'm impressed by that. And I've been impressed by him in the press scrums and stuff, kind of saying all the right things. But watching him on the court is an interesting thing, and he's a guy to really keep a close eye on if you're watching the games over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think if you're if you're looking at if you if you trying to get Jalen Brown more playing time. You're, you're taking away playing time from Marcus Morris. Yeah. You're in the, which, which no one in their right mind would do right now. You know what I mean? So he's going to, yeah. he's in, he's in for it right now. He's the odd man out. It's going to be hard for him to crack that, you know, 25 plus minutes a night. If he can't adjust, then well, I just, I'm not crazy about the fact that he cares so much. It's like, look, the team is winning. You're playing well. Yes. You know, and then again, we don't know when oh. Jack McMullen got these right. quotes from Jalen Brown. Sean's getting pumped up here because I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hashing some, some, some criticism towards Jalen Brown, which is something I rarely do on this podcast, Chris. So Sean's loving it. Sean's not a huge fan of Jalen. But my whole thing about Jalen is like, if you're playing well and the team is winning, I mean, shut your mouth. Just prove it. Exactly. Just prove it. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I was, it was a bit eye-opening for me to hear these, or I should say to read these, uh, the, the quotes from Jackie's piece. You know, I just didn't think that's where his head was at. It's kind of a weird dynamic because, like, in the press scrums and when he's asked the mm. questions, he does say all the right things. He's like, you know, if we're winning, I'm 100% in for it. You know, da 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 But then he goes and says these kind of things to Jackie. So, I don't know, man. He's a very complex person. He's one of the more fascinating individuals around the league i know a lot of people don't like him because of that but like he's a hard guy to figure out and i have tried countless times to try and see really where his head's at and whether it be talking to him after a practice or 
just listening to him in a press scrum and God knows what the hell he's thinking. Like I, I have no idea. So I like to try and find that out when he's on the court, but who, who really knows, especially after those quotes to Jackie. So I don't know. How strong of an influence does Kyrie Irving have on him? Because I, from Jackie's piece, at least from a certain angle, it seemed like when he heard or, you know, found out that Kyrie pretty much co-signed this lineup change that Brad Stevens, is, which has obviously been successful, seemed like he was a bit taken back by that. And it seemed like the quotes from Kyrie Irving sort of put him in his place in the, in the sense that, like, look, I know how smart you are. I know you can do this. So I'm going to be extra hard on you because I expect yeah. more out of you than anybody else on this team. Right. I mean, and if you're jailing, you kind of you got to roll with that punch. That's that's your leader. That's Kyrie Irving. Like you can't really do much about it. I could see how it could be a blow to the ego. But you heard Kyrie when this starting lineup won its first two games. He said it as passive aggressively as possible. He's basically like, we are not changing this starting lineup. Mm -hmm. Like, I will die before we change this starting lineup right now. And obviously, Jalen's probably going to take some brunt of that. He's probably a little you know, shot to the ego, but like you said, like you just, you kind of got to roll with it at that point. It's hard. And I, and, and I, I bet he was hurt by it in some way, shape or form, but with the greater good of this team, like you just have to go with it. And that's all they preached in the preseason. And before this year started was there's sacrifices that are going to have to be made. And Jalen's just got to learn how to walk the walk. He definitely knows how to talk the talk, but it's, Yet to be seen if he can really walk that walk. All right, Chris, I will get you out on this. So, um, with Al Horford out for it seems like for quite some time here, if you ask me, I, I would I wouldn't mind not seeing him until 2019. This is a guy that you're going to need down the stretch. You're going to need him in the playoffs. Yeah. Let him heal up. Let him get to being 100. percent And let's see some more Robert Williams. What's your take on what Robert Williams has been able to do in this increased role? Um, he obviously is getting meaningful minutes here. He hasn't disappointed. Time Lord. Um. Yep. That's 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 the name everyone calls him. I, sometimes I'm reluctant to say it, but you know, it seems like everyone is saying it. So I guess I. I just have there to... was people in D.C. last night screaming "Time Lord." It was Jeez. everywhere. It and was, then you got Danny was... Ainge commenting on it. So yeah. now it's official. Like that is his name for life. It seems like for his entire yeah. career. Danny Danny Ainge made a couple enemies on Twitter today by shooting down saying that we could make a better nickname. People were not happy that thing's taking on a life of its own you had rachel nichols on the jump calling him time lord yeah, but like, then when, when you're danny age if you address it, it it's done now it's set in stone like that is his in. name it's locked in the second you try oh, to it's change a, it man everyone's like yeah no, I'm never changing it now. you're you're standing in front of a freight train man like it's not <laughs> it's not good it's not gonna change but i think is you know his you, you, you don't like you don't like rob was it what was it rob lob, no lob rob what was it what, what did he lob, suggest lob williams lob williams good one danny it, i don't what, it, it's like a dad joke nickname that's the, <laughs> yeah, i was just gonna say that's like that's rob. that's a dad joke yeah that's a dad joke that's like but, that's like danny saying scary terry we get a kid called scary terry anymore well, maybe maybe that's what danny was going for he said no i'm gonna make sure this name sticks <laughs> yeah. like lob rob scary terry <laughs> <laughs> So, Chris, do you, do you see do you see him uh, cracking this rotation down the road, or is this sort of just a temporary fix until Al Horford comes back? I think it's a temporary fix. I don't think they're. I don't think the Celtics want to rush his development at all. They've got, you know, Alex Barlow on the staff has been following him around and basically guiding him through this rookie year up until this point, and he's going to continue to do that. And they spoke about it right after they drafted him with all this depth. They have the luxury of being able to take their time with him. He's a younger guy who's an extremely talented player, but he's still really raw. You saw it a couple times last night where in a defensive set where they're going up against a high ball screen, 
he does struggle and it, it comes with footwork and it comes with basketball IQ and that stuff will develop over time, but I don't think there's a need to rush him into this rotation. So I think it's a temporary fix right now. You know, once Baines is back to a hundred percent, even if Horford is still out, Williams, as much as a lot of people don't want to hear it is well below Baines and Tice in that rotation, just because of his balanced game. Like, mm. you know, Tice is, you look at his real plus minus and you look at his net rating, it's really good. And it's right next to Aaron Baines's. And so you put Robert Williams on the floor and you lose some of that balance. So he is fun to watch, but I think it's a temporary fix for for now while Horford is out. I do agree with you in saying that I wouldn't mind seeing Horford, not seeing Horford until 2019. You know, why rush him back? You're not you're not struggling right now. You have it while Baines is healthy, you do have depth at that five spot. The teller tendonitis is something that can really linger, especially with a veteran guy like Al Horford. You're going to need him to be 100% down the road and for the playoffs. So there's no point in rushing him back right now. So I'm cool with, I don't want to say shutting him down, but just keeping him on the shelf for a couple of weeks and letting him fix this issue and, and take your time with Williams. You know, you don't need to rush either of them into, into roles that they're not needed in. All right. He is Chris Grenham. Find him on Twitter at Chris Grenham, uh, SB Nation, CelticsBlog.com. You can check out his stuff there. And, of course, check him out on CLNS Media YouTube channel after every single game, Celtics home game. Chris, appreciate you stopping by, man. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Joseph Pavone from the Causeway Street Podcast. Uh, here to remind you, if you haven't already, to one, subscribe to us on iTunes. Also, leave a rating. And if you haven't, uh, what's your problem? Because we need that. We told you. We've been telling you this for like two years now. Yes. It really helps. You know, it was a, it no was ad a... here. We're not selling anything here. I, I, this is just me telling you to uh subscribe and rate us. Subscribe today. You know, Jalen Brown, guy's averaging 21 points. Three right? games he's been back. What? And I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait to see what Sean's going to say. And then, of course, Jackie McMullen drops this article. And I'm like, oh, here's all the fuel Sean needs to go off on why he cannot stand Jalen Brown. So with that being said, Sean, well, on the go same, ahead. I on the same you. Talk hey. your shit. The floor is yours. No, 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 no. What's your reaction to the article? Because before, you've already started from the conversation before, we had with Greta. Before the article even dropped, we were already talking about him. And, and you promised last episode you were going to be positive. I but then the Jackie McMullen article I had to come out days before this podcast. I say nothing else. I promised that I wasn't going to say nothing else. Then I get the text from Sway with the article. He's like, yo, we need to talk about this next episode. I was like, how do you want me to be positive? I mean, but this is confirms every everything that I've been trying to say is just basically confirmed in that article. Yeah, but he's not saying anything negative. My only thing about the article, and I, like I said with when we were talking to Grenham, my only thing is it just seems like he's a little too obsessed with starting. He's like, oh, I'm going to show everyone that I belong there. And it's just like, uh, how about you just continue to play well? No, how about we just keep that going? There's obviously like a um, good chip on the shoulder type thing. Like, I want to be a starter. Terry Rozier has it. He says it all the time. Yeah, we've but, gotten on him before about it. Yeah, but like, there's one thing though: if he was, if he's been a starter his whole time, he's been right. in the NBA. Yeah, right. Like, bro, you were you were a starter and you played starter minutes because Gordon Hayward went down. Let's be honest. No, let's let's be honest. He's had one good half season. What? What? Including the playoffs. Including the playoffs. Okay. Like, yeah, that's fair. That's the, fair. He was started he, off. He struggled the beginning half of last season. I Thank you. That. He, he struggled. One good half season, and that's it. Now he thinks he's a starter in the league. I think what's driving him nuts is the fact that it isn't Hayward that's starting in front of him. He's like, okay, I get it. Hayward's back. He's the max guy. He's the one that's supposed to be, you know, the Robin to 
to to Kyrie Irving's Batman. I get it. I can take a step back, but wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Marcus Smart is starting in front of me. Damn Marcus right. Morris is in the starting yeah. lineup. Oh no, 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 no. This can't be right. I was the one hitting the big shots in the playoffs. I was the one making the big plays. I'm the one that has, you know, I have more weapons offensively than both of these guys and, and I can provide a spark on the defensive side of things. I think that's what's bothering him. I think he can't get over the fact that it isn't Gordon Hayward that's starting in front of him. It's Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris. Well, before, before he actually was relegated to the bench, he was injured. So when Smart started for those couple of games that he was out, they were like, we're not going to, we're not going to mess us up. And and he was all for it. He was like, yeah, man, I want to get back to winning and all that other stuff. And then, like you said, this article comes out, and it's like, wait a minute, dude. It's like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking what about? What the hell are you talking about? Like, this, no, like, like, no, 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 like that. He says, like, he comes off as like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you know, I, I got to get to this. this. Is like the most hardest thing in my in my life right now. I'm like, really, bro? Yeah, <laughs> like, really? This is the hardest thing. This in is the life? hardest thing. You <laughs> silver been... spoon, motherfucker. No, not. Well, it's, I think he's in his basketball life. Sorry. Well, I'm talking about like, I mean, his, but, like, like but the way, his entire life. And then, but then, do you remember uh, in the summer or like in preseason when he was like, I think I'm gonna win like four or five, six championships before I, I turn third. It's like, know whoa. What? It's like, whoa, guy. Do you, do you remember? Pump the brakes. Do you remember you when you said that he literally said that he was feeling himself the very next day after we released the podcast and we didn't we didn't even talk about. That that was yeah. insane. That, yeah. I hated that he said that. I was like, wait a second. Well, he's no. like four or five. He said, no, not even. He goes, he goes four or five championships. I'm like, dude, you're not even like the fourth or fifth best player on this team. This is no, like not the, even this Tatum. Is my favorite segment. Ever. Not even Tatum. <laughs> Keep going. No, no, because because no, it's this, not. Man. It's not. We're I'm not. This. My thing with oh, him. You are. My oh, thing with are. him you're is not. not it's not basketball related. You just hate him as a person, as a basketball player. You just hate him in general. But like some of the stuff that he says. And I don't it's know, stupid. and I feel bad Let's for the, it. I feel, stupid. I feel bad for the scrums that you're in sway when he speaks, cause I can't understand half the word he fucking says. Oh yeah, you gotta be like, before, space, especially yeah. after games. Yeah, you can't like, hear anything. He went off the other night against the Pelicans and it's like, bro, it's like stop being too cool for school. Like mm. accept the fact that you played well and because, because of your production off the bench, you know, the bench went off for like, what, like 40 some points. Let's yeah. so he had a lot to do with that. Great. Right. But, and then you, and then you get, and, and, and kudos to Jackie, because I guess Jackie is the one that can get these things out of these players. Yeah. Now she's really so, like, good with mentally unstable people, man. No, no, he's like, no, well. no, he, she's like the Oprah of the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Like people just open up to Jackie but in I, ways that they don't open up with anybody no, that's, else. That, that's true. That, that's a 100%, 100% accurate. Whether, 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 whether it's a stupid thing that they say or something that's not right. stupid, it's still. But like, with, with, with Jackie, I thought it was more with veterans. Well, the I fact like, that he got Jalen Brown to open up this much, I'm well, like, I think, wow, that I think, was impressive. I think that's why Jackie dropped it. Jackie was like, this is, per- this is perfect. Like, I'm going to drop this right now while he's not playing and see how people react to it. Well, I we didn't you- know he wasn't going to play, though. No, no, I just uh, – but- Which, by the way, was he sick or was he just like, no? No, no. He was- articles coming out today. I I'm, know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking know. it. No, no. Brad, Brad Stevens says – Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, Brad Stevens said it after the list. Brad Stevens said it after that. He was warming up and he he just – He called out? Yeah. He called out sick, No, no. He was warming yeah, right. yeah, no, sick. you know, you know what, you know what feeling he probably had. Like you've never, like, you know, been really hungover in the morning. You're like, oh man, what did I do last night? And all your friends are in the other room. You're like, I don't want to go in there. You, you know what I mean? You check your phone. Just you regret. see oh, Jackie McMullen dropped this today. Just regret Shit. all over the place, man. <laughs> nah, man. I, I'm telling you, I was trying to think about this today. I don't think there is any argument that would make me be like. You know what? Yeah, Jalen Brown is a piece of the future for the Celtics team. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, that you could convince me. But and that's, this, it, but this, that's just and it, this was before the argument. I mean, the article dropped. This was this was my view on it the entire time. And now I think it's really funny 
that everybody is like, oh wow, Jalen's really weird, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> damn man, Jalen's always been weird. You like that. you were, you were mad at his rookie season that he didn't go do the dunk contest. You're like, oh, why? Why does he want to go do the dunk For the contest? Same reason. I'm not, I'm not a star. I'm not going to be in the dunk contest. I like mean, you know, get get like he, he's just like this. Sometimes like you can be too cerebral to be a good athlete. Like you get, he's in his headspace. He's talking. Well, himself. he has he has his no, moments. Too much. He has his too moments much. like off too the much. court, like. You know, he's not the, good enough to be that that in his head. Yeah. No, he's not that good. I mean, he's not good enough to be that way. Like, if he's in the perfect situation, a la twenty eight, the beginning of twenty eighteen, when minutes open up, you have a coach that's supporting you, you have a system that's around you, you're gonna get unlimited minutes. They'll work with you through bad stretches. Then he'll be fine. But the second you throw a little bit of adversity, <clears throat> game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, mm. <clears throat> big games on on the road in the playoffs, he is gone. He's just that type of player. He'll always in the in a bad team be a good player, but that's about it. That's what nah. you're gonna or or unless he uh, somehow matures. I just think he's super immature. He's not as good as he thinks he is. And I'm sorry, right now if you're Brett Stevens, you can't force feed him minutes. You can't take minutes away from Hayward, who's just starting to turn it around. You can't take minutes away from Marcus Morris, who's been your best player on your team. You can't take minutes away from Jason Tatum, who's been arguably the the second best player on the team when well, he's second best scorer, second best scorer on the team, yeah. or maybe even third best because Marcus Morris has played so well. well I mean, but I mean, Tatum, uh, Tatum has had his ups and downs. Tatum's too, your second yeah. best player on the team. Like right. just Morris has been your, your your most your second most consistent player. Right, talent wise, Tatum's yeah. your second best player, and he hasn't had a down year. I guess. He hasn't had a down year. Whatever. You can't take minutes away from them. You can't baby Jalen Brown anymore. I'm sorry, Jalen. If it's been – this is your third year in the NBA. You're a borderline veteran in the NBA, and you can't figure it out. I'm sorry. It's time to cut ties. It's time to say but, but let's, let's but, build something else here. Yeah, see, that's what drives me nuts because it's, he's doing it, well. He's, though, you're playing well. You yeah. figured it out. Yeah. Your team has figured it out. No, you Marcus haven't figured Morris it out yet. And Marcus yeah, Martin figured it out yet. He's figured playing out. at a he's high level out, right now. He's shooting 56% from the floor in 25 minutes. Right. Right. So when he's been playing well, when Hayward hasn't been there, no, no. They've played together, and Gordon Hayward has not played well when Jalen Brown, and they both are in. Huh, and guess what happened? They lost. They won. What are you talking about? They're on a seven-game winning streak. No, Hayward and Brown haven't played in they I'm talking about. I'm talking about six. No, I'm talking streak. about. In the, yes, they have. They played one game. They played three games. One game. Three games. No, they haven't. No, they played. After the 30-point no, the, 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 the game. The first three games, Jalen didn't play. When Jalen came back, they, they played. They played one game. Then Hayward's been out for the last two. Yeah. No, they played more. No, 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 they, they, they played play two. two. They played two. Maybe they played two. Play yeah. two. You're right. Even before Brown came back, after Gordon's 30-point game, he's combined for like 10 or 12 points in the next three games. And now that Brown is coming off, coming off the bench, playing 25 minutes and being productive, now all all I can hmm. say is he's figured it out. We go back to what we said. The Celtics whether you like the schedule, not, story. and we said we need a five or six game win streak. They've done it. Okay, seven. Yes. Right, which now it's seven. So this is great. Better than we even thought they would be, right? But Well, you said between then and Christmas, so we still got a couple more games. Uh, yeah, I just meant they have to But you said somewhere in the middle of that, yeah. Have, have, have a six or seven game winning streak. Yeah. So, so they've done that. But here's the thing is how they've done it. They haven't been at really full strength for this entire stretch. That goes back to my original point of just saying that there still could be too many cooks in the kitchen. For this, for the NBA, there's no such thing, bro. 
There's no such thing because it's up to the coach to figure that out. And he, and quite frankly, he's figured it out. If you have prima donnas that want minutes and shots, but, which is I what, mean, what was the number one reason why he can say all that, but then he's still productive. No, but it's hard to say that Brad has figured it out when. No, we talk about Jalen Brown. Oh, okay. No, well, that's, that's a lie. I mean, he, he's he every game since he's been back besides Wednesday because he didn't play. Oh, he's been averaging over 20 points a game in 25 minutes, six rebounds, more than Hayward has. See, the thing, the thing is, so with those quotes, games. with those, listen, with those quotes, we don't know when they were, when they came out or when, when the art, when the interview happened. But besides the, besides the fact, Brad Stevens gave Jalen Brown more of an opportunity than Gordon Hayward because Jalen Brown was the one that got injured first. And they were still like, no, we're going to, we're going to go with Hayward off the bench. We're going to go with Smart. We're going to go with Morris. And then everything changed. And everything changed. They started winning games. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like the or fact that when Jalen Brown went out, they started winning games. I just don't like the fact that both of these guys are, are playing amazing basketball between Smart and Morris. You're playing well off the bench. What's the problem? The team is winning. Like I can understand the team wasn't winning, I or I can understand if you were struggling and you're thinking to yourself, "Well, if I was starting, maybe I'd be produ- producing more." Right. If you're playing at a high level. Marcus Morris right. and Marcus Smart have been ridiculously well. I mean, look, look at Marcus Morris alone. The last two games, averaging nearly 30 points. You know, of course, it's a small sample size, but you can say the same thing about Jalen Brown. I mean, I, I just don't understand that th- these quotes. I, I don't understand that. It's like, oh, I got to prove everyone that I'm a starter. It's like, no, just. Prove everyone that you can play well, play that you can role. be consistent, that you can exactly play your role on a championship caliber team. Do it, and, and everyone will be happy, and exactly. you should be happy with that. Exactly, you shouldn't be which complaining you, about which that. I don't think he is happy with that, and that's that's what it comes down to. That's really I yeah. Think, but you're trying to see this dude trade. I, I'm not trying to see him trade. I'm trying to see him be happy because I get a bad feeling that if he doesn't get what he wants down the road, if we're talking about in March or whatever, and he starts to struggle. This is going to be a bigger problem. This is going to be magnified. This is going to be like, oh, well, I need to be a starter. That's why. That's why I'm struggling. Brad needs to put me in the lineup. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would that would go to the media and complain about it. Who, Jalen? Yeah, Jalen. But, but basically. I do see him being the type of guy who might check out. If he checks out, sure. then you got a problem. If the deadline comes and goes and he's checked out, then you, you're in a situation where you're like, okay, well, what do we do with this guy now? Because now we have him for another year. We have to get him fully involved because I do think he's an important piece to this offense and this defense. He's an important piece especially if you to have this, guys out to this run. You're gonna have guys out, especially Gordon Hayward, whether he's sick or not, or you know, it's gonna be a, a couple game stretch where his ankle is sore. Jalen's gonna be your number one guy off the bench offensively because right now Terry Rozier, as well as he's been playing. His numbers are across the board have just been low. Can we yeah. can we talk about something like you want to talk about the two different kind of players? Terry Rozier started off the year slow, and you know there was talk when they were losing, when they were losing, which is a big difference of him wanting to be a starter. You know there was rumors floating out there. He shot down the rumors. Never had an expose with Jackie McMullen. Never mm. whined to the media about oh I want to be a starter. So you think this is whining to the media? I think, yeah, 1,000%. Jalen Brown knows what he's doing. They want to, if he wants to take credit for being this smart guy, this, this really deep thinking guy, then yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing right now. And it back, I think truthfully, it backfires because I think for, for all the smarts that he could have, I don't think he has a ton of common sense. And I don't think he understands how the Boston fan base looks at athletes mm. you know what i mean like what do we want to see from our athletes do anything to win that's all we care about right we don't care about if you're a starter we don't care about if you're an all-star putting up points if you're playing your role well 
and we the team is you. winning. We will love yeah. you. Like there'll yeah. be no problem. He doesn't get that, and I think I don't think he ever will. But I think juxtaposed to Terry Rozier, I think Terry Rozier does get that. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think it maybe took him a little bit at the beginning of the year to realize it. But he slid into his role. He's he's playing better now. He's understanding his role, and I think he realizes like if I want to get paid next year, I'll just do well on a good team, and I'll get paid. That's it. Jalen Brown will never figure that. I can't wait to see how he bounces back because you can't ignore this article. I, I, obviously, the team can't ignore it. Everyone's going to be sort of like all eyes are on Jalen Brown now moving forward because of this article. It's mad weird. That was a national article. Yeah, that was for ESPN.com. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. for like the Boston Globe. No, Jack McMullen. Yeah, she uh, strikes you know, ESPN. You know what? ESPN.com. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's the ironic front page, front page of the NBA section. No, ESPN, the website. What's wrong with Jalen Brown? Front page of ESPN like, website. What is he, Gilbert Grape or some shit, bro? <laughs> what are you gonna say, Joel? The irony of of all of this is, do you remember in the like probably around training camp or prior to the start of training camp, where I remember Marcus Morris was getting interviewed. And they were like, oh, everybody was so excited. Like, oh, we just came off of game seven against LeBron James, almost went to the, to the finals. Now you got Gordon Hayward coming back to the mix and Kyrie Irving. And all Morris was like, his only response was, I don't know what my role is going to be. Mm. That's after the, the season just ended. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I think it was like in the summer, right before training camp. I think. No, no, that was, that was game seven. That was after they lost to the Cavs. Okay. Yeah. But well, anyways, well, I mean, I just, I just find it ironic that like all he did was shut up and play basketball. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. He came up with the BWA mantra. Yeah. He's like, okay, look, this is my role. We got the deepest bench in the league. Like that, but he bought you guys, in. You know, you, you guys, uh, you know, thinking that I'm all about my minutes, my role. We're gonna figure it out. Yeah. He, he bought in. Like exactly. He, he, he bought in, and I just, I just think that because it was whoever was, you know, Jack McMullen. You know, when you get interviewed by Jack McMullen, maybe he was feeling himself, and he's just like, oh, you, you know, drop I'm your like, pants. He just, well. <laughs> Jeez. I don't All know right. if he did that. That could be probably taken the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> or was it? Ain't no, ain't no sexual relations happening there. <laughs> Sheesh. So I don't know. Maybe you because, maybe because of the, inter- the interviewer was, he, he just, I don't know, just went off cuff and he's just yeah. like, bro, like, maybe, maybe. Oh no, she loves that. It's yeah, good. I know. She loves it. It's of course, compelling of stuff. But I bet you, you know, after, after reading it, He's probably gonna be like, shit. A lot of that may, may might have been taken out of context. I should just shut up and just play ball, and that's it. Because he's getting his minutes. The Gordon team's Hayward, winning. Gordon Hayward, yeah. he'll be in and out. So whatever. I think. I think eventually Gordon Hayward will will start again, and I think Jalen could be, you know, your potential sixth man. That's or, just me for now. What happened? So what happens if Jalen Brown can't adjust to this role this year? Somebody else got to take his place. I know. That's simple as that. Yeah. You know how Brad Stevens is. Next man up. So Jalen Brown is going to sit on the bench. I mean, if it comes to that, and yeah. Players, Don't worry, Jalen. Next year, we'll, we'll get him. We'll, well get him next year. You'll you'll have what you want. Like you said, too many cooks in the kitchen. There's there's one big cook that's going to take a seat. What if you could get Jamal Crawford no, and next cooks, year's oh, Suns pick? Here we go for Jalen Brown. The Celtics don't need any more draft picks, bro. They can't even get rid of the ones they have. Yeah, man. You can always use draft picks. Ask Danny if you can use draft picks, man. No, man. You put, if, if you're, if you're putting, this no, 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 no. If you're putting Jalen, if you're putting someone like Jalen Brown in a trade, yeah. you better be getting a perennial all-star or someone close to it. See, I think you're overvaluing that asset right there because. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm in Danny Ainge's head right now. No, but think about it. Who are you going to get for Jalen Brown? But that's just it though. If you think you he's so bad. Brown? If he's a bad player, if he's With a bad the picks he made, so then what, 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 no. what, 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 what's attractive think for someone it. else? No, think, you have to be the right. I think the Suns are one of the perfect teams or like the Hawks, but the Hawks really have nothing that we want. I'm saying like 
those rebuilding teams that are looking for another piece to put next to a Trey Young, to put next to a Devin Booker, someone that proved themselves in the playoffs. And obviously, like, you're going to be able to read between the lines here. There's just too many good players on this team. No, like, ain't just holding out on, on, on Anthony Davis, man. I'm telling you. It's either Anthony Davis or, 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 or a fish that's, or, or a fish that's, that's, that's almost as big. Right, I'm, I'm telling you. Let me so, ask you this. Let me, let me ask you this. If we're playing the what if game. Jalen Brown in the what picks. If, what yes. if Gordon, what if Gordon Hayward injured himself? He's done for the season. Then what? Then what? Then, then guess what? You have a shorter bench. Obviously, let me think this through. So you're saying if we trade Jalen and then Gordon, Gordon Hayward gets hurt. Yep. Okay. Um, and you have Morris in the starting lineup. Yeah, smart in the starting lineup. Okay. And Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> zero come off the bench. I think you open up minutes. Wait, that's the, when did Jamal Crawford get on this team? So that was the trade. The trade for Phoenix. He's talking about trading Jalen Brown for Jamal Crawford trade, and trade a pick. For, trade for a veteran. I don't know. Yeah, you missed that, right? I was like, I'm surprised you didn't react you're the way I thought get, he would. You're going to get somebody <laughs> back, right? Yeah. You're going to get somebody back. Yeah, you're 38 year old Jamal Crawford. Yeah. He would be more valuable on this team this year for a championship than J- J- talk about a guy that accepts his role off the bench. <laughs> He's coming off the bench for the Phoenix Suns right now, bro. He'll be fine off no, the bench. If Danny Age would ever make that phone call, the Suns will lock that trade in so fast no, to make sure he doesn't back out of it pick. because it would be so ludicrous. If you could get a first round draft pick for Jalen Brown right now, I say you do it because here's my, here's what I'm trying to say. For a, I guess if, if, if they're trying to trade, if like, let's say the Pelicans are trying to trade for and hit the, hit the blow up button. Then I guess there's some type of some value. That's in. what Danny is banking on. There's some type of value, but you're, but to get a player like that, Jalen Brown's not going to do it for him. Picks Tatum Ooh, is the, the picks. one that's going to do it for him. No, no. Well, the right right now, right now, I'm, I'm in that I'm in that boat. I'm with you. I'm with you. And right now, if you're the Pelicans, it's Tatum or, or, or nothing. So that's what I'm saying. If, but things could change be, a year from now. So you're things never could change. You're never going to trade Tatum. Trading Tatum right now is dumb. Okay. What if during the off season, uh? The Sacramento Kings, which they're already doing, by the way, they're, they're back to what we want them to do is lose. They're in, they're in ninth right now. Let's say they drop to second to last because they're not going to go lower than the Suns and they end up with the fourth pick. What do the Pelicans think now? Or the third pick or the sh- shit, the second pick. And you got Zion on the board. You tell me the Pelicans are not going to think about trading for, uh, Jalen Brown and having a chance to pick Zion and combining those two together. And who, who knows? Another future pick. And couple that with a sign and trade deal with, with Terry out. Rozier. But t- I mean, there's, the whole, there's a lot of options here. Yeah, but think about the the other side. If you just if you think so, here's the question: If you think your team is good enough without Jalen Brown, let's say full health, don't don't throw a Hayward injury in there. If you think that they're good enough to get through the Eastern Conference this year without Jalen Brown, then it's a no, absolutely no brainer. You trade Jalen Brown for a pick. Because if that Sacramento pick does turn into Zion Williamson or a top two, top three pick in the league. Yeah, it can't be number one though. Then you just, you just build around Tatum and, and Kyrie and Hayward and Horford and that's your, that's your four. And then you keep bringing in young guys that hopefully blend in better than, than Jalen Brown has been blending in. I mean, if you can get a good player and then guess what? You get another first round pick next year. Like there's, you don't need, if, if you think that Draft. I don't think Anthony Davis is the end all be all. That's yeah, what you're I, gonna say. I don't know. I I just think that this two things. You know how I feel about Tatum Brown. I'm done talking about it. I can't do this anymore. It's exhausting. And also, I'm sick and tired of talking about trading for Anthony Davis. I think it's stupid. I think what's gonna end up happening is they're 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 going to wait. Like we were all in agreement 
before the season started that they shouldn't trade for Anthony Davis. They should wait for free agency. I agree with no, that. Drop, I'm, I'm drop talking about next off season. Drop one little boop, and then all of a sudden, oh, we got to trade for Anthony Davis. Oh, Look, we trade I'm, for I'm talking about the next Just off let season. Let him be a free agent. Just let him be a free agent. Let him, let him, let the Knicks give up Porzingis and a bunch of picks and trade for him for half a season, then have him sign with Boston. Like, you don't need to trade for him. Build your team's fine without Davis right now. You don't need him. Right now. Like, you don't need him. Just sign him as a free agent. When Horford's up, sign him. It matches up perfectly. Like, I don't know why we freak out about trading Anthony Davis. Like, it's just, we, we were all cool until somebody dropped a little report. Well, Anthony Davis has shortened his trade list. Everyone's like, oh, let's give up everybody. Oh my god. Oh my god. Trade channel. Trade Bob No, man. Just, just chill. Just hold out. We'll get, we got draft picks. We can either be really good on draft picks or you'll sign Anthony Davis. That's it. We'll be all right. All right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what, uh, Jalen Brown does. How he responds to this article. How he responds I'm, to these I'm quotes, you, to this Jaylen. criticism. I'm pulling for you. For some reason, I don't believe that, Sean, but all right. No, nah, man. Now maybe I'll just say what you want. Now that the whole, you know, everyone's sort of turning on him, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll be the big supporter. Yeah, we're, we're, Jalen Brown. Me and Swear are turning him for off the court behavior, not for on the court. Yeah. Production. I, I just didn't, I didn't like what he had to say. Yeah. Like, I'm not turning on him as a player. Yeah, we need just, just like I didn't like when Kyrie threw the ball in the stands in Denver. I, I feel like, I feel like, like your whole, your whole thing is like, like oh, he's not going to be a superstar, so why keep him? It's like, well, he's still an important piece. <laughs> You have to be a superstar and to not be an important piece on this team, at least on a yeah. Brad Stevens team. Ask ask Evan Turner. But I just feel like you know how like fuck that. Ask Isaiah Thomas. I, I'm gonna say something weird. <laughs> this may not. This may not. This may not work. This may not be a good analogy. So cut it off. It's stupid. Nah, just fuck it. I'm not even gonna say it. All right, cool. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. In case you missed it, the same way we wrap up every single episode, we take a trip around the NBA and Joel reads us headlines. Joel, what do you got? I got nothing, guys. I got Steph Curry and his thoughts. Man, you're about the, you're the best, man. The moon. Oh, I think that's enough in case you missed it for this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, thirty seconds each. <laughs> wait, 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 set us up. Set us up. Set us up. Come on. Come on. Set us up. All right. Each one of y'all get. Y'all get a minute and a half a piece. Oh. Oh. Talk your shit about Steph Curry, who <laughs> now denies and says that he was just joking. The eight mile reference. I guess. That, uh, I got you. Joe. I know what you did. You know. Future. Yo, you know, you know me, man. Y'all drop that beat. No, I'm just kidding. You know me. <laughs> And my conspiracy I don't know what's theory. about to happen. Drop that mob deep real quick. Each of these cats, they get a minute and a half a piece. I don't know what's going to happen. No, you know what? You know what I really get pissed off at is the fact. When other people have conspiracy theories? That no. Have, All right, so, that let's, wait, so let's, let's, for those who don't know, let's talk about <laughs> that, that what he mentioned. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me, let me yeah, yeah, let's get, get into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's. Steph Curry, <laughs> I love how, I love how no one else can drop conspiracy theories. Only, only shot. Like, no, 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 you're, you're missing what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, it, okay, all right. Doesn't believe anything related to the moon landing. Thinks it was staged. He thinks it was staged. Um, that pretty much sums it up, right? <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this. Yeah, he thinks it was staged. All right. Which is a very common conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's not the craziest thing. A lot of people out there, no. there's been documentaries on this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like the History Channel had shit on this shit. Must have been interesting to live in the 60s, by the way. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Some of the arguments are pretty fucking compelling. I'm not going to lie. Like, if you want it, if that's the one you want to pick, yeah. fine. I'm cool with it. Here's the problem is I hate when people like, make fun of somebody for believing in a conspiracy theory. I hate that shit. They just immediately shut it down. You yeah. should be able, yeah. like, just so, so. To, like, I, stay, I, to I, stay facts, 
to approve or, just, or, just to, question, or to disprove whatever. Question what people fucking say. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I gotcha, that should yes. be part of your fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. idea. Like mm-hmm. that you facts can, to back up with your your, your you theory. You don't even need facts. You just have to I ask gotcha. like question everything. Question yeah. everything. Yeah. Don't let people be like, no, it was real. Don't worry. And you're stupid for thinking it. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You're disservicing all the members of the NASA that have died. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, why yeah, don't yeah, you yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Like, the first thing I think of is the 9-11 thing. Like some people are just like, oh, yeah, did you see the documentary? Like, oh, that's a different you, story. Wait, would you believe that? No, no, but I'm saying, but like, <laughs> <laughs> Sean got mad serious. Sean was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, whoa. That's the one we don't touch. Oh, I'm not saying, <laughs> no. I'm no. not saying, we talk about Stevie Wonder all day, but I'm not saying that you should believe it, but I'm saying like, you, you like, hey, check out, check out the documentary. No, I'm not watching that. It's like, they're completely <laughs> against this. Like, well, you will watch, you know, ridiculous YouTube videos for an hour that has on, go, on things that have go watch the, the, news, the, 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 the stupidest the things or you is, watch the news. The news is doing the same shit. Yeah. The news is a bunch of conspiracy theories. They're just feeding you what the fuck they but want But you hear. won't just like, like get oh, this well, yeah, conspiracy I shouldn't, th- buy, I shouldn't buy romaine lettuce anymore. Yeah. I'm going to die. <laughs> Ground oh beef? God. Oh, no. I'm going to eat romaine lettuce again. <laughs> it's like, but you won't you just watch going, it? You You're not going to watch it. Hey, buddy, is this an iceberg or romaine? Got to know. Can't eat romaine. All right? Even though you've been eating your whole goddamn life, now all of a sudden it's bad because somebody on the news said it. So, yeah, question everything, everybody. This is why Trump is president because we have half of the stupid fucking nation not questioning a single goddamn thing. All right? He's not building a wall. Okay? He's not doing anything. Just stop fucking – he's – oh, my God. This is why we're so stupid. No one questions everything. And God forbid you say the moon landing was fake and then the NBA comes out and probably said, hey, Steph, come on. Come on, really? They did the same thing to Kyrie with his stupid Earth flat stuff. Now the flat Earth stuff is just—I mean, yo, hey, Paul Pierce is a flat Earther too, man. Whatever. I get the idea behind it. You just question everything, okay? Question everything, and eat your romaine lettuce. It's good for you. <laughs> what was the other thing that was like ten years ago with the ham? The uh, people didn't eat ham for like two months because uh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure, sure there are people that still don't eat ham. Swine, swine flu. Oh, the swine flu. Yeah, yeah. remember that? Which had nothing to do with ham. <laughs> <laughs> there was something just so this one out there, is it? H one N one. Make sure you get your shot. Yeah. I had a free I got I had a free flu shot because of that. <laughs> and I got sick afterwards. I vividly remember Sean being like, Oh boy, you, you, you got ham on that on that plate? We were like eating breakfast at Cheney and the cafeteria. It's like oof no. I watch out for that swine, bro. No. Like it's a joke. It's no. just like, oh no. yeah. It was that bacon, bro? <laughs> it's right. People you know just make pace, right? People just make this stuff up and people buy it. And then one guy says something like this, like Sausage. Steph Curry, everyone loses their mind. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the where we're living today. Gotta watch Wag the Dog. Remember that movie? Yeah. Watch that. Watch that. See how things can be you know what? staged. I'm just telling you. Wag I'm the Dog. You. Great movie. I'm just telling you. All you communication majors out there, you know exactly what I I'm don't, talking about. I don't care about political affiliation or whatever, but I'm just <laughs> saying right now we are living the movie Wag the Dog. Every <laughs> yes. time every yes. time the Russian yes. shit comes up and the thing that Trump's going to get caught on, Stormy Daniels is over here just fucking getting naked sucking Trump. <laughs> Oh my God! Look at that! What? Don't look at the don't look at the actual stuff that he did and all this stuff that Putin's running our country. Look at Stormy Daniels' old saggy tits. She, maybe you could get with her still. You know, you never know. Your minute and a half is up, uh, Sway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done, man. Rebuttal. <laughs> Sean just took a, took That's the whole three minutes, uh, man. It was uh, well you, worth it. Though. Pull, I like it. You gonna pull a B rabbit in the first round and just you just walk away? <laughs> no, right. I'm, I'm gonna pull a Papa Doc. Papa Doc wins. No, 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 no. He's B rabbit. B rabbit. My bad. B rabbit. All right. I'm out. <laughs> and I live in a trailer park. And whatever, my girl. <laughs> I'm still set up in the same fucked up free world. I do live in a trailer with my mom. So this is my message to Steph. <laughs> Don't retract that shit, bro. Final thought. <laughs> Don't retract that shit.
<laughs> now we who's should the all. Guy, who's the guy before Papa Tuck? <laughs> the rapper. Uh, the, the, Snoop, the Snoop Dogg looking dude? Yeah. Uh, if numbers were created by humans, then what makes math real? Think about that. And then we'll, we'll circle back next episode. Lotto. <laughs> yes, Lotto. That's his name. Lotto won that, by the way. <laughs> Lotto beat B-Rabbit. All right? Uh, you heard it here, all right? Lotto. You got, you got lucky. Lotto, call me your leader. I feel bad that I gotta murder that dude from Leave It to Beaver. No, but that, yeah. No, but that, that B-Rabbit line when he was like, Lotto, Take, I don't fit you. It was. That was but, a good line. That was a good line. Looking like a cyclone hit you. Tank top screaming, Lotto, I don't fit you. But when he said, I'll take pictures of my rear so you don't forget my ass. That's, yeah, oh, that's yeah, a great yeah, line. Yeah. Great line. Win this with a f*** you I've and a, have a nice day. What? Yeah. Something about Brittany Murphy doesn't do it for me. What the fuck? You never watch Eight Mile all the way through. Dude, she's in like twenty minutes of the movie. (laughs) She's in a lot of the movie. (laughs) No, they just they just put her in front of us. People go watch it. So people who like Brittany Murphy would go watch it. Like, nah, I didn't really like it. I didn't really like that movie. Not gonna lie. All right, we just just talk about the one scene, not the whole movie. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. So Steph Curry. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) And and, and go watch Wag the Dog, everybody. Yeah. Watch Watch Wag the Dog. That's your summit. (laughs) 